Hey, Bitch Talkers. This is episode 203, 203 of the Bitch Talk podcast. I'm Aaron. We've got Angela here. What up? We have producer Char. And we have very, very special uh, guest, Corinne Rivera, on the line. How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm good. How Com- are you guys? Coming good? all the way from the Netherlands. I know. <laughs> is this the farthest yeah. away we've ever gotten? Yes, it is the furthest Sweet. away interview we've ever had. Okay, we so that's a first, and also this is our first professional athlete ever on Bitch Talk. That's so true. This is super exciting. First <laughs> of first, super cool. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, okay, so uh, a little background: Miss Rivera is uh, representing from Team Sunweb, a professional cyclist, and you just recently moved out to the Netherlands this spring. Yeah, I'm doing more of the European circuit, so uh, spending some time out here. Uh, Not totally full-on living here, but uh, for the races, I'm out here, and then um, in the off-season and things like that, I'll be at home in California. Sweet. Yeah, well, I definitely want to get into the racing aspect of it, but we have a lot in common. You are a fellow Californian. I am. You are Filipino. Well, she's sorry. <laughs> I am. Corinne, I really love everywhere I read. It's all American-born, purebred Filipino, which I'm like, oh my god, that's my co-host, who's also one of my right? best friends, and Repping. our producer is also an American-born, purebred Filipino. So welcome. Very yeah. Nice. Again, you are in light company, <laughs> yeah. and and you are a badass. So we have we yeah. all have a lot <laughs> in common. You. Right. Right. Everything. Yeah. We, everything you do, we do as well. I'm like Ex- me too. Me mi- too. Minus the cycling. <laughs> Minus the <laughs> talented aspect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing that's really interesting about you is, unlike other female cyclists, you got started in the game at a really young age. Can you can you let us know how that came about? Yeah, um, I started riding or more competitively when I was about nine years old. But yeah, my dad was kind of always on two wheels of any sort. He used to race motocross when I was a baby, and hmm. then. Uh, <laughs> on in a downhill mountain biking and eventually um i was kind of ready to join him on the back of the tandem when he was really into road cycling uh and he rode the tandem with my mom a lot and i thought he could give it a try with me on the back and that's kind of how road cycling entered my life wow and and isn't the story one of his friends dared you to enter a race and and you're like yeah sure why not and you just killed it yeah, we did a lot of rides, you know, with uh, with my parents' friends uh, on the weekends, do some group rides and, you know, um, centuries and metric centuries and grand fondos and rides like that. And uh, one of my dad's friends, yeah, I was like, hey, why don't you do this? Uh, there's a kid's race out at Redlands Classics. Uh, yeah, I'll give you 20 bucks if you win. And I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. That sounds, I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And I... And I think I took it pretty seriously, and I had, like, a trainer there and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, it was only one lap and kind of crushed it. And, uh, yeah, I really had fun and kind of fell in love with the aspect of racing then. See, why doesn't anyone ever dare me to do anything productive like that? You know, the dares I get is like, (laughs) I bet you can't finish this whiskey, you know? And, like, that could have just changed my whole life. how How many women or girls were in this race? Was it you and just a bunch of boys or what? Oh, man, I honestly don't remember. I think it was girls, um, you know, ages around nine years old or something like that, eight to nine years old. I'd say there's maybe at least a dozen of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I was the only one on, like, 
a bike with drop bars and like, <laughs> uh, you know, like a road bike. Yeah. And I think most of the other girls might have been on like mountain bike kind of city cruiser type of bikes. If I remember correctly, I don't know. It was a long time ago. So you were taking that $20 very seriously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, it meant a lot to me. <laughs> then <laughs> so you were always competitive were you always an athlete or was it just cycling was your main thing yeah I was definitely always active and competitive um I remember when I was like in kindergarten I would yeah play soccer with all the boys and things like that and I played soccer since I was four years old um I think I learned how to snowboard when I was four years old so definitely an active uh lifestyle uh my family's pretty active so that has a lot to do with it and then um yeah I just really like being competitive and being the best and doing my best so it was kind of more like a natural thing for me and what was that so you started so you started getting a little more serious about cycling and and you mentioned that a lot of the races you entered it was all boys like it was just you against all the boys mm -hmm. what, what was that like uh yeah I mean I didn't find it intimidating or weird I was just actually really upset when I didn't win <laughs> So, um, do they have yeah. respect for you? They're like, wow. Yeah. You're, you're doing it. <laughs> you're, you're leaving yeah, us in so. the dust. Yeah. I think so. It was like, oh man, she better watch out for her. Cause she's, you know, she could beat us. But, um, yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, I didn't really find it like in a negative way. I, I found it challenging and I, uh, really enjoyed it. Well, so you started at nine. Fast forward to you're 24 now, right? <laughs> so fast forward yep. 15 years later, now you have 71 national titles, which is the most of any current American cyclist. You move out to Europe. It, does it kind of feel like, wow, just kind of like a pinch me kind of moment in your life? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like a dream coming true sort of time in my career because when I was younger, I'd be watching the Tour de France at night and you know, thinking how cool would it be if I raced full-time in Europe and did all these, you know, legendary races. And, yeah, I finished um, my degree in marketing from Marion University uh, in the fall of 15. Because you don't have enough goals, so you just right. had to add a degree <laughs> to that. All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she topped it off. Uh, <laughs> Want to be smart, too, not just uh Not just a pretty, not just a pretty face. Bike. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah and then finally easy. I was um yeah in the right position and timing to race full-time in Europe and then made that decision last year or end of last year when I signed my contract and yeah here I am now uh really just came into the season expecting to uh learn and soak up a lot of experience since it was my first year full-time in Europe I've done some smaller stints in Europe um but I would never thought at the beginning of this year that I would achieve what I have so far. Yeah, which is, uh, I mean, you won the Tour of Flan Flanders, mm -hmm. and you are the first, it's the first win for any American man, man or woman, and that's, and, and you had just moved out, you, you just moved out to join, join Sunweb, and what was it, three months later, you're, <laughs> you're basically yeah. making history? <laughs> yeah, yeah, winning probably one of the biggest race, one-day races on the calendar. So, yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the team because I've, I've done the race before and, and I've finished 16th. Uh, but I think, yeah, if it wasn't being 
uh, on this team, I don't think I would have been able to accomplish. I just, I wanted to know, I was reading a lot of articles about you and um, just the way that you, well, their careers kind of maybe led you versus you leading your career. Um, mm -hmm. Can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Because you faced a lot of adversity um, in the last, I don't know, t at least 10 years. Um, after high school, starting yeah, after high school. Yeah. And, and I know I, I read that you crashed and um, that kind of offset you. And then the Olympics didn't happen for you, but then you went to Europe and now, you know, you've first American to win um, Tour of Flanders. So can you talk about facing adversity in your life and just keeping on track? Yeah, I think um, when you're when you're young, when you're a junior, you uh, you're used to listening to like your parents and your coaches and you, whoever else kind of guides you. And then I think I just kind of hit an age where I was like, oh well, now I have a chance to think think for myself and what do I actually want. And so, yeah, there was there was a point where, yeah, I wasn't sure why I was doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, to stop and think about what was going on and if I was doing it for myself or for other people. And so I think, um, yeah, and that was around like my, my freshman year of college pretty much. So it kind of makes sense. Like I'm, I'm on my own for the first time in a new environment and, a new, you know, and it was in Indiana. So it's a completely new state. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a pretty heavy load as far as being in school, also racing for the national team, racing for my trade team at the time, and also racing for the university because, uh, Marion also had a cycling team. Mm -hmm. So I was juggling a lot of things and then I kind of didn't have a reason for racing and, and didn't have good goals or the best support. And so, uh, yeah, I, I came away from cycling. I stopped riding that summer. Um, yeah, I was, just had a summer at home, which was weird because usually I'm traveling around <laughs> racing. Hmm. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of hung out and surfed a bit and did other things. Uh, didn't really touch my bike, which was actually kind of nice. Um, and then realized, like, you know, I think I actually maybe do want to do this and got back into it uh, about eight months later. I think it was about November or so. And so... Yeah, I kind of relit a spark and I started doing it for myself um, and realized that I did really like love the sport. So there was just a lot going on, maybe, maybe too much. Uh, mm -hmm. But in the end, I think um, it was good for me as a as a person to learn more about myself. And um, yeah, that I really did actually like doing the sport. Um, so yeah, and then I also had a what actually kind of helped spark that was I had a bad crash at Tour of Guitar um, in February of 2012, I think, or 11. I think it was 11. It was a while ago now. But um, yeah, so yeah, it kind of, when you get down to ground zero, and I had a really, really bad concussion, um, really bad symptoms from that, like sensitivity to light, and I had a hard time reading. Um, yeah, I was had really weird sleeping patterns and yeah, I would try and ride my bike and I'd feel really dizzy. So it was a, a really bad, uh, crash on my head. So, uh, yeah, maybe that, that definitely, I think had a lot to do with it. Um, but it was a culmination of a lot of things, um, that led me to that point, but I don't regret any of it. I think, um, 
it has put me where I am now. So right, you're you're kicking, <laughs> you're really kicking ass. Yeah. Um, but but following a different path, probably the path you didn't think you would be on, mm-hmm. but it's it's just proved really well for you and I think that lesson that you learned as a freshman in college right I know I <laughs> mean we're away. still learning trying yeah. to learn lessons like that a, a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people don't listen to their gut and they they don't do that they don't put things down and walk away and, and come back to it so right. good on you it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's done well for you. Well, coming back with that yeah. sense of clarity and, and the reassurance that this is what you want. And I think it, it, it also helped that you started at a young age. So you still have had time to walk away for a minute and, and come back and still be as strong, if not stronger than, than you were before. So, yeah, that's amazing. The adversity has helped mature your game and it's it's clearly showing Yeah, <laughs> in, in the way <laughs> yeah, you're writing. Yeah, definitely. But so. the funny thing is, um, a, a lot of things that I, I hear, at least from your team, is they, they like they mm-hmm. like that you're just this laid back, calming force on the team, mm-hmm. which is funny because you're a sprinter, you're a climber, right. you're this badass on, on the bike, right? But your your demeanor is uh, that balance. I think probably helps probably helps a lot with your game, staying focused. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, I definitely have to stay focused, but it doesn't have to be intense. You know, there has to be a balance to everything because you can't be, you know, full gas 100% of the time. I think, you know, rest is important and, you know, being able to celebrate things is important and, you know, knowing when to put a lot of energy into something. So when there isn't, when it's not the right moment to put in a lot of energy, it's best to just save that energy, relax it and, um, yeah, use it for for the end of the race or a specific moment. Um, but there's only so much energy you can expend, um, I think, in racing and, and in other aspects of life. So you kind of have to pick and choose and be smart about what you do. And mm. it applies to, to racing also. And, yeah, I'm just a pretty laid-back Southern California <laughs> chick. So I don't really like or... to stress about things that are unnecessary. Yeah. So, so I was going to ask, how was it moving at least part-time to Europe? How is that adjustment for you? Yeah, there's definitely no uh, Pacific Ocean nearby, so that's <laughs> a bit of a shame. No uh, surfing. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I think it's nice to be on the other side um, and just see the difference. Like, leaving California to go to uh, college in Indianapolis was one big move, um, and it just teaches you to appreciate things. Um, Because I like both places a lot. But yeah, if I had a choice, I definitely live in California. Yeah, Um, I mean, I would imagine you can't get good (laughs) Filipino food out there. I mean, where's the lumpia? Where's the lechon? Yeah, it's pretty rare. It's hard (laughs) to find, that's for sure. Maybe maybe that's what you do after you're done with cycling. You you open up a Filipino restaurant in the Netherlands. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Never know. Yeah, I could do that for sure. You have the name, you know, you know, you know how to how to run a biz. I'm pretty sure. So. Well, and I was going to ask how your Dutch is coming along, because uh, I want to know how to say bitch talk in Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked yeah. you ahead of time, so yeah, you could have... Yeah, we should have asked Walker to ask you how to... <laughs> yeah, the Dutch is um, a little slow. It's a bit difficult. I know a bit of French and Italian Ooh, and some Spanish, but uh, <laughs> uh, this Dutch is like a completely different animal, so uh, I have a bit of time to figure that out, but... Um, yeah, I don't know much at the moment. <laughs> well, one one of the things I, I just 
recently in the past year got got really into cycling and, and watching and and one thing that i love about the sport is you're not just watching the sport you're actually getting a tour of these beautiful countrysides mm -hmm. of, of whatever country you're in and like do you can you appreciate that while you're while you're racing i mean i know you're on there for hours and and focused but do you still appreciate you know your scenery i, I mean i'd be so distracted <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're suffering up a climb, it's pretty hard to take <laughs> in the views. To stop and smell uh, the roses, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think when you're on the bike, you can catch glimpses in the corner of your eye, but you don't really have the moment to really seize it all. But, um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, in the plane and driving, you have a bit more time to really realize where you are. Uh, yeah. But during the race, yeah, it's pretty pretty hard to take that in. Well, and one thing that I also, that would really stress me out is, so you're on the bike for hours and hours, and how, how do you know, okay, this is the breakfast that's safe for me, you know, I, <laughs> I won't need to make a little pit stop. I saw that on a race, like, uh, last month or something, like, he had to make a little pit stop, literally, a number to two eat? stop. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. That was actually, oh, and we're just like, teammate. oh, man, I mean, has that ever happened to you? Can you share? That was your teammate. <laughs> Oh my yeah, that was actually my teammate on the men's team. That yep. was a Tom Dumoulin. He had to take a number two. Yeah, and he <laughs> was he was he's like killing it too. And then he just yeah, yeah you gotta go when I you gotta mean, go. You gotta, gotta go. go. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah, what I mean. you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, knock on wood, I've never been in that situation before. Um, <laughs> now we just jinxed it. You have that yeah. Filipino stomach, Corinne. That's why, right? We have the yeah, stomach of a goat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think going number one in a race is pretty normal um, every now and then when it's, it's like, not going too fast. You mean while um, you're racing? Yeah. yeah. Whoa! Whoa! Okay. Yes, yeah, I'm going to start bicycling. Yes, I'm going to start cycling. <laughs> so, you don't so it's all... So it's, so so it's you normal. Need, you don't need an excuse yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. You're like, what? I'm a cyclist. Yeah. I pee myself. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Corinne. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not peeing yourself, but you oh. stop on the side of the road. Oh! Like, <laughs> yeah. No. We definitely like, oh. don't do that. Oh, oh okay. okay. Oh, well, there you go. Sorry. Oh, well, there goes That was a rumor, and now we just debunked the rumor. So... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's normal. All right. All right. Yeah. But to no, make it clear, yeah, we don't pee on ourselves. <laughs> stop. Get off the bike. You heard it undress. first on Bitch Talk exclusive. Yeah, I <laughs> thought it was. I thought we just like uncovered some kind of truth. Some of real cycling. secrets. Yeah. <laughs> no, we definitely okay. don't. Do well, not. at least I don't pee myself. I don't know if somebody else has. But I have not. <laughs> Probably. I'm sure someone else has. <laughs> well, what what about? Okay, so. Um, <laughs> I love that uh, another thing that I really respect about about the sport is how much of a team effort it is. I mean, uh, a lot of times your teammate will sacrifice their positioning for you in order to in order to get you ahead. And I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah, it's uh, I think one of the hardest sports in the world. And it's uh, sometimes hard to recognize that it's a team sport. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it very much is so a team sport. And uh, yeah, my teammates will do everything that they can, you know, to go all in. And uh, so, yeah, I really can, can't do it without them. It, it re It's what makes the difference in the sport, especially at such a high level, uh, mm -hmm. having a good team. So, yeah, it is very much a team sport, and that's actually why I like it so much. Well, uh, another thing that I really love about, uh, I, I read an interview, and you, you kind of spoke out about the importance of also having your degree because, you know, mm -hmm. you want to have a plan B that, you know, you this isn't going to be your career for the rest of your life. And you brought up the uh, inequality in payout, mm -hmm. um, men versus women. And I, I, I read recently that Trek, 
for the first time decided to have equal payout at the World Cup for men and women. And this is, I mean, it, it, the, it, it comes between like, men will be getting paid out 5,000 in Euro, 5,000 mm -hmm, Euros, and mm -hmm. women will get 2,000. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the, the men's race, 40th place will get the same as, as uh, someone in the women's race that got 11th place. Jeez. I mean, it's just insane, and, it, and it's it's. Um, wh what did you think when you when you read about the the Trek equal payout, and, and you know, hopefully for the future, more 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 races will get on board. Yeah, I think that's one of the aspects of our sport that needs to be uh, improved. Definitely prize money, um, and uh, yeah, I think hopefully other uh, races will see. Um, you know, by example, some other races that are doing equal payouts. There's there's a lot of criteriums in the U.S. that do equal payout. Um, so lead that by example also. Um, mm -hmm. But another side of the sport that needs to be uh, improved is, uh, yeah, like uh, media exposure, TV mm -hmm. uh, coverage. Because I hear more now that people wish they could watch the race uh, versus uh, prize money. So mm -hmm. I would rather have everyone be able to see my race mm -hmm. um, than for me to get uh, as much money as the men. So, and I think they go hand in hand yeah. too. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So I think those are kind of two of the, the biggest things that, that can change because, uh, yeah, we need exposure to make more money. And so just because there's equal prize money doesn't mean it's going to change everything. It changes the aspect of the sport for athletes, uh, but for the fans, it doesn't do much. Right. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I read. I, I read. I read a little bit about that myself. You don't read. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corinne, um, we're probably gonna wrap this up in just a bit because you're probably going to bed soon. <laughs> we're yeah. Running, we're you know, running behind. Late, but the sun's still out. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, I did. I did want to say really quickly, congratulations to your team, Team Sunweb, Michael Matthews, Bling Bling, just won today, Tour de France. Yeah, we're on a roll. Yeah, you guys wow. are on a roll. Really you us. guys are on a roll. It's really exciting. You guys are killing it. And uh, good luck to you at the World Championship. Uh, I, you have such a great chance of taking it, and uh, and my money's on you. You're gonna kill it. <laughs> or twenty <laughs> bucks you. is on I, you. I, so I maybe. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I love a good bet. Full full circle. Yeah, you, there's a twenty dollar bill in it for you. Yeah. Sounds good. Corinne, where can people find you on the on the interwebs? Um, pretty easy. Just my name, C O R Y N R I V E R A on um. Yeah, that's my website and my Instagram and my Facebook and my Twitter. So no weird uh, numbers or anything, just Corinne Rivera. Cool. Well, thanks so much for your time. And we're cheering for you over here in, in San Francisco. So <laughs> go no get them. Thanks, the, thanks for the chat and uh, thanks for your support. Of course. Thank you. Corinne Rivera, uh, future, the future of cycling, I guess. And the present. Well, very much the present. Yeah. But think she's paving the way for future female cyclists and if that and this is uh the mentality of of young women in the <laughs> right, early 20s right. and i'm very hopeful oh i'm like oh yeah you're the future like, thank you, god how do you have all your shit together i mean she's just very insightful and she's very present i don't know she's, she's just she's grounded but she's also has crazy goals right she well reaches and and i know i read about it and i didn't bring it up because i think it's just one of those things like who who the fuck cares at this point but she didn't make the cycling team in rio um 
And I would think as a as a professional athlete, and that's sort of one of my goals, that might have just beaten me down and been like, all right, well, I'm done. And mm-hmm. she didn't do that. And instead, she switched it up and moved to Europe and is kicking ass on the European circuit. So good for you, girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anytime you're in San Francisco or if we're in L.A., we should meet up and eat food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right? So, um <laughs> You know, we just uh, released uh, episode 202 with Sophie Cruz. Go check that out. That's from the San Francisco Jewish Film Festival. And uh, we have two additional uh, screenings that we're helping to co-present with the San Francisco Jewish Film Festival. It is uh, Bobby Jean, which is going to be at the Castro on Friday, July 28th. And um, the next one will be The Boy Downstairs on Saturday, July 29th, also at the Castro. And we love the Castro Theater. <laughs> like, we really it's love it. It's my favorite in um, the city. It's one of the best theaters in San Francisco. And uh, we hope that you will get your tickets uh, at sfjff.org. So we will see you soon. That's episode 203 of the Bitch Talk Podcast. Bitch, please. Rise in the morning and greet the day. Pull out the bike and I'm on my way. The transportation shows I care. Every turn of the pedal cleans the air. Green in the green, I'm saving the planet. Just like my friends Daryl, Sean, Toby, and Janet. No greenhouse gas, a tiny carbon footprint up your ass. I'm on a motherfucking bike. I'm on a motherfucking bike.